My wife says it's time I stop pretending to be the karate kid. I had to put my foot down. listening to surf to sleep it's a podcast for sleepy heads where your host that would be me mr producer where i your host surfs the internet watches streaming services i'd be on, honestly i've been playing a lot of mobile games anyway the 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 gist of it is is so that you can put your device down and go to sleep and I'll do all that internet stuff for you. I'll listen to podcasts and tell you what they're all about. I might watch a streaming service and maybe narrate a film, tell you a story, something like that. If this podcast works for you if you've been listening for a while or if you're just not tuning in you're like oh, I, I like i like this guy i like this podcast the best thing you can do to help is to tell a friend about it some other sleepyhead who can't well seal the deal so to speak can't go to sleep tell a friend uh, next you can subscribe for 99 cents a month you'll get bonus episodes the way the show is set up is that I do three types of episodes. Um, this one is a Resnews Reviews. Today we're doing Karate, the, the Karate Kid, the original one that came out in 1984. I do, um, oh gosh, what do I do? Oh yeah, um, I'm Feeling Lucky style episodes with that Google function and I do uh, guest host episodes. But all three revolve around the same concept of um, me wanting you to get to sleep. And the reason that I do this is that I used to have terrible insomnia. And a podcast called Sleep With Me helped me better than any medication could. I've suffered from insomnia since I was a child. And I became a patron, and, and uh, I wanted to help people like you did. So here I am. Um, so yeah, you can subscribe for 99 cents a month You can to, to get access to other episodes. So I make those three types of episodes, but every fourth episode I put behind a paywall. Okay. Uh, another thing you could do is you can go to espart.net. Um, I do a lot of other things besides, uh, aside from this, this podcast. I'm a painter and a writer, a storyteller, playwright, things, uh, things like that. Uh, all around artist kind of person. And uh, I put my work on espart.net. Visits to that website, sometimes generate income and it'd be nice. You can also follow Surf to Sleep on Instagram, and that is at Surf to Sleep. That's S-U-R-F-T-O-S-L-E-E-P. You can also email me 
at surftosleep at gmail.com. Sleep, sleep, sleepy heads. I said a sleepy heads. I'm doing 42 episodes, and if you don't know why, then you don't know. I'll do 42 episodes, and then I'll see if I want to keep going. And really, that all depends on you, the listener, the sleepy-headed person listening right now. It depends on what you do. Get more people to listen, more people to subscribe, and you'll get more than 42 episodes. This episode is number 22, which means only 20 left. Only 20. Can you imagine? Well, I'm sure you can. So this episode is a snooze reviews of The Karate Kid. And it'll be a, a trip down memory, memory lane for me. This... This movie holds a a special place in my heart. I've been pretty much a lifelong martial artist. Not I, I took a long break during high school and a few years after, but I've done martial arts. I guess the majority of my life at this point. And the Karate Kid is one of the things that inspired that got me got me going in that direction. I I. Uh, really related to the relationship, or I don't know if I related to it, but I, I connected to the relationship, reverberated with the relationship between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, that sort of adopted father figure that Mr. Miyagi played for uh, that, that role that he fulfilled for Daniel was touching and and of course, the action was great, or is great. And as a little kid watching that, I was like, man, I want some of that. And I was bullied really bad. Uh, I was a very strange child. And I thought learning karate would prevent that from happening. It kind of did, but it was more more about the confidence that it gave me than the actual fighting skills. Um, so it's time to get the episode started. Um, I found an uh, I found an old interview from well, it was from 1984 of Pat Morita who played Mr. Miyagi, and that's going to close out the episode. And it's going to be very droning, lulling, as it should be for a sleep podcast. I'm going to read a few Wikipedia articles, and I'm going to do some trivia, some Karate Kid trivia. That should be fun. But in the meantime, be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. If you can't be kind, at least be nice. If you can't be nice, pretend. Pretend to be nice. And then uh, even though it's not authentic and most people can tell, it'll start to come naturally to you.
we don't need sleep dust tonight because there's no guest host and I'm a human being and I'm assuming that you're a human being. Maybe your your pets are listening, but I don't have sleep dust for them to help them understand me. So we're just going to skip that part and I'm going to say good night and enjoy the show. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say about the Karate Kid. And this article is about the 1984 film for the franchise. See the Karate Kid franchise. Open parenthesis, close parenthesis. For other uses, see Karate Kid. Open parenthesis. This ambiguation. Close parenthesis. The Karate Kid is a 1984 American martial arts drama film written by Robert Mark Kamen. And directed by John G. Avelston. It's the first installment of the Karate Kid franchise. It stars uh, Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue, and Billy Zabka. And the Karate Kid follows Daniel LaRusso, a teenager taught karate by Mr. Miyagi to help defend himself and compete in a tournament against his bullies, one of whom is the ex-boyfriend of his love interest, Allie Mills. And there's the iconic poster image to the right. Daniel and Mr. Miyagi bowing to one another, looking each other in the eye. That's important. And in the background, Daniel is on the beach, standing on a log, doing the uh, crane kick. If done correctly, no can defend. I think that's what he said, which is not true, but this is also a movie. Uh, came in, was approached by Columbia Pictures to compose a film similar to um, Avold's, uh, okay, uh, Avold's, Avoldson's previous success, Rocky. After signing the director, Kamen drew inspiration from his own life when writing the film. As a result, he maintained strong opinions regarding cast and petitioned heavily for Marita's inclusion. Preparations for the film began immediately after the final edit of the script was complete, and casting took place between April and June 1983. Principal photography began on October 31st of 1983. And that was in Los Angeles, and filming was complete by December, December 16th of 1983. Well, that was pretty fast. The Karate Kid was theatrically released in the United States on June 22nd, 1984. The film received mostly positive reviews from critics, and we're going to look at what Ebert had to say in back in 84. Uh, many of whom praised the action sequences, writing, storyline, acting performances, and music. 
The film was also a commercial success, grossing, grossing over $130 million worldwide, making it one of the highest grossing films of 1984, and Hollywood's biggest sleeper hit of the year. The film is notable for kickstarting the career of Macchio, as well as revitalizing the acting career of Marita, who was previously known mostly for comedic roles, and it earned Marita a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. The Karate Kid subsequently launched a media franchise and is credited for popularizing karate in the United States. Okay, spoiler alert, here's the plot. In 1984, 17-year-old Daniel LaRusso and his mother Lucille, Lucille move uh, from Newark, New Jersey to Reseda, Los Angeles, California. Their apartment's handyman is an eccentric but kind, humble Okinawan immigrant named Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. Daniel befriends Allie Mills, a high school cheerleader. That draws attention from her arrogant ex-boyfriend, Johnny Lawrence, a black belt and the top student from the Cobra Kai Dojo, where he studies a vicious form of karate. Johnny and his Cobra Kai gang continuous, uh, continually bully Daniel on Halloween after Daniel sprays water on Johnny with a hose as payback. Uh, he and his gang pursue Daniel down the street and brutally beat him. Until Mr. Miyagi intervenes and single-handedly defeats them with ease. Amazed, Daniel asks Mr. Miyagi to teach him karate. Miyagi declines, but agrees to bring Daniel to Cobra Kai to resolve the conflict. They meet the sensei, John Kreese, an ex-Special Forces Vietnam veteran, callously dismisses the peace offering. Miyagi then proposes to Daniel. I'm sorry, he doesn't propose to Daniel. They, they're not lovers or interested in anything like that. Uh, Miyagi then proposes that Daniel enter the All-Valley Karate Championships where he can compete against Kreese's students on equal terms and requests that the bullying cease while Daniel trains. Kreese agrees to the terms, but warns that if Daniel does not show up for the tournament, the harassment will continue for both Daniel and Miyagi. Alright. Daniel's training starts with days of mental chores that he believes only serve to make him Miyagi's slave. When he becomes frustrated, Miyagi demonstrates that repetition of these chores have helped him to learn defensive blocks through muscle memory. Their bond develops, and Miyagi opens up to Daniel about his life that includes the dual loss of his wife and son in childbirth at the uh, Manzanar in, uh, internment camp. Internment camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he was serving with the 442nd Infantry Reg- Regiment during World War II in Europe, where he received the Medal of Honor, 
though Mr. Miyagi, so through Mr. Miyagi's teaching, Daniel earns not only karate but also important life lessons, such as the importance of personal balance. Reflected in the principle that martial arts training is as much about training the spirit as the body, very true. Or it should be at least. Uh, Daniel applies the life lessons that Miyagi has taught him to strengthen his relationship with Ali. On Daniel's 18th birthday, Miyagi presents him with a karate key for the tournament and one of his own cars as birthday gifts. At the tournament, Daniel surprises everyone by reaching the semifinals. Johnny advances to the finals, scoring three unanswered points against Daryl Vital. Priest instructs his second-best student, Bobby Brown. <laughs> um, I didn't know his last name was Brown. That's funny. Uh, one of his more compassionate students and the least vicious of Daniel's tormentors to disable Daniel with an illegal attack to the knee. Bobby reluctantly does so, severely injuring Daniel and getting himself disqualified in the process. Daniel is take, taken to the locker room where the physician determines that he cannot continue. However, Daniel believes that if he quits, his tormentors will have gotten the best of him. He convinces Miyagi to use a pain suppression technique to allow him to continue. As Johnny is about to be declared the winner by default, Daniel returns to fight. The match is a seesaw battle, with neither able to break through the other's defense. The match is halted when Daniel uses a scissor, a scissor leg technique to trip Johnny, delivering a blow to the back of his head and giving Johnny a nosebleed. Priest directs Johnny to sweep Daniel's injured leg, an unethical move. Johnny looks horrified at the order, but reluctantly agrees. As the match resumes and the score is tied 2-2, two two, Johnny seizes Daniel's leg and deals a vicious blow. Doing further damage, Daniel, standing with difficulty, assumes the crane stance, a technique he observed Mr. Miyagi performing on the, on the beach. Johnny lunges towards Daniel, who jumps and executes a front kick to Johnny's face, scoring the tournament-winning point. Johnny, having gained newfound respect for his nemesis, presents the trophy to Daniel himself. As Daniel is carried off by an enthusiastic crowd, while Miyagi looks on proudly, and boy, the face that he makes uh, when uh, when when Daniel wins. The boy, the the, the face that, that Miyagi makes is uh, is etched into my well, my, the visual part of my brain. I don't know what that's called. Good old Wikipedia. They're doing a, a funds drive at the moment. I think it's a good idea to, to give them some money. I certainly rely on them a lot. You probably do too. They're wildly popular. Let's see what they have to say about Pat Morita. Noriyuki, Pat Morita. Was a Japanese American actor and comedian. He was known for his roles as uh, Matsuo Arnold Takahashi on Happy Days, Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid film series, Captain Sam Pack on the sitcom MASH. 
Ah Chu and Sanford and Son. Mike Hu and the Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. And the Emperor of China and Mulan and Mulan 2. He was the series lead actor in the television program Mr. T and Tina. And in O'Hara, a police-themed drama. The two shows made history for being among the few TV shows with an Asian-American series lead. Marita was nominated for the 1984 Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in, uh, I guess, for his portrayal of Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, which would be the first of a media franchise in which Marita was the central player. Marita was born on June 28, 1932, in, um, let's see, Iselton, California. Marita's father, Tamaru, was born in 1897. Immigrated to California from Kaman um, Odo Prefecture on the Japanese island of Kyushu in 1915. Tamaru's wife, Mamu, was born in 1903, immigrated to California in 1913. Noriyuku, as Pat was named, had a brother named Hario, who was 12 years older. Maria developed spinal tuberculosis, or pont disease, at the age of two and spent the bulk of the next nine years in the Weimar Institute in Wellmire, or Weimar, California, and later at the Shriners Hospital in San Francisco. For long periods, he was wrapped in a full-body cast, and he was told that he would never walk. During his time at the sanatorium near Sacramento, Marita befriended a visiting priest who would often joke that if Marita ever converted to Catholicism, the priest would name, uh, rename him to Patrick Alessius Ignatius Xavier, Xavier Noriyuki Marita. Released from the hospital at age 11, after undergoing extensive spinal surgery and learning how to walk, Marita was transported from the hospital directly to the Gita River camp in Arizona to join his interned family. After about a year and a half, he was transferred to the Tool Lake War Relocation Center. After World War II ended, Marita moved back to the Bay Area and he graduated from Armejo High School in Fairfield, California in 1949. For a time after the war, the family operated Ariyaki Chop Suey, a restaurant in Sacramento, California. Jokingly described by Marita years later as a Japanese family 
running a Chinese restaurant in a black neighborhood with a clientele of blacks, Filipinos, and everybody else who didn't fit in any of the other neighborhoods. Rita would entertain customers with jokes and serve as master of ceremonies for group diners. Or group dinners, rather. There are two ends there, Eric. After Marietta's father was killed in 1956 in a hit-and-run accident while walking home from an all-night movie, Marita and his mother kept the restaurant going for another three or four years, needing a regular job to support his wife and newly born child. Uh, Marita became a data processor in the early 1960s the Department of Motor Vehicles and other state agencies, graduating to a graveyard shift job at Aerojet General. In due time, he was department head at another aerospace firm. That's um, Lockheed. Handling the liaison between the engineers and the programmers were mapping out lunar eclipses for Polaris and Titan missile projects. However, Morita suffered from occupational burnout. Boy, can I relate. It's been a while since I've suffered from occupational burnout, and when I did, I did something about it. And here I am. Uh, yeah, and decided to quit his job and try show business. He began working as a stand-up comedian at small clubs in Sacramento and San Francisco and took the stage name Pat Morita in part due to the presence of comedians including Pat Henry and Pat Cooper and in part due to the memories of the priest he had befriended as a boy. Morita suggested for many years in comedy until fellow performer ventriloquist Hank Garcia told him to try his luck in Los Angeles. Sally Marr, Lenny Bruce's mother, acted as his agent and manager after she, I'm sorry, after he moved to Los Angeles and booked him in the San Francisco Valley and at the Horn Nightclub in Santa Monica. Monica, not Montica. Marita sometimes worked as the opening act for singers Vic Damone and Connie Stevens and for his mentor, the comedian Red Fox. Marita used the nickname The Hip Nip. In the days when comedians would open for bands and vice versa, I love a good vaudevillian situation. Good stuff there. Let's go to his early work. Um, Marita's first movie roles were as a henchman in Thoroughly Modern Millie and a similar role in The Shakiest Gun in the West starring Don Knotts. I wonder if he had one bullet there in that movie as well. Uh, Marita had other notable recurring television roles on Sanford and Son. As Achu, a good-natured friend of Lamont Sanford, 
And as a South Korean Army Captain Sampak on the sitcom MASH, he was also cast as a Rear Admiral Ryun, Ryunosuke Kasaka in the war film Midway. Marita had a recurring role on Happy Days as Matsuo Arnold Takahashi, the owner of Arnold's Drive-In. During season three, no, that's the end of the sentence, during season three, uh, he stated that he obtained the moniker when he purchased Arnold's restaurant and people thought it was named after him, explaining that it was too costly to buy enough letter signs needed to rename it Takahashi. He would lined it as a martial arts instructor teaching self-defense classes at a drive-in after hours. We also play portrayed Arnold as a guest star during seasons four and six before returning as a recurring character for season ten and as a main character in the final eleventh season. He also portrayed the character of Arnold on uh, Blinksky, Blinks. Plinsky's Beauties in 1977. That's, uh, that's something else. I, I, I've never heard of Blinsky's Beauties. Oh, it's just, okay, so it's a spinoff of Hadwell, of course. I see, all right. Very neat. I might look into that later. Let's do, uh, okay, let's do a little trivia, why don't we? Okay, this is a surf to sleep first. I've never been to this website. At, well, many websites we visit on, on this podcast I've never been to, but this one in particular, I've never done trivia on, on this uh, podcast before. And this is funtrivia.com slash en slash movies. Slash the dash karate dash kid dash nineteen eighty four dash one three six one nine dot html. All right, let's get started. Who is the first friend Daniel makes? Answer: oh, That's that's Freddie. They meet when Daniel kicks open the gate to his new apartment, and it hits Freddie in the face. Freddy is the one that invites Daniel to the beach party. And then to the side, it says, quick question, where was Miyagi from? Our options are California, USA, Tokyo, Japan, Bangkok, Thailand, Okinawa, Japan. And that is the answer, Okinawa, Japan. I'm going to submit my answer. And it says, you are correct. All right. Who played the Karate Kid? Daniel LaRusso. This is question number two. And of course, that's Ralph Macchio. Daniel LaRusso's character is in his mid-teens in the movie, but Ralph Macchio was 23 when he played him. Okay. What is Daniel's last name? Well, we just... It's LaRusso. Question number two had that... Uh, answer in it, uh, Daniel LaRusso and his mother Lucille move from New Jersey to California after Lucille gets a new job. Lucille is one of the most uh, underrated, 
underrated, underrated mothers in all of 1980s movies. Gotta love her. Her concern over her son and, and support of him is great. Uh, number four, what month did Daniel leave New Jersey? Well, it was September. At the beginning of the movie, it gives the month and year he left. And number five, how did Daniel explain his black eye to his mother and Mr. Miyagi? Uh, the answer, he fell off his bike, those darn bikes. Daniel told both of them he fell off his bike, but Mr. Miyagi wanted to know how he fell and didn't hurt his hands. Smart Miyagi. He actually got beat up by Johnny and his friends at the beach. Number six, what city was Daniel LaRusso originally from? The answer, do you know it? Newark. Daniel and his mother are from Newark, New Jersey. Daniel was not very happy to be in Los Angeles. Number seven, why does Mr. Miyagi first go to Daniel's apartment? It was to fix the sink, if you remember. He was a handyman in the movie. The sink is shooting water into the air, so Daniel goes to Mr. Miyagi and asks him to fix it. This is when they first meet. You beginner luck. Uh, what are the names of the five boys who bullied Daniel throughout the movie? five of them and the answer is Bobby Dutch Jimmy Johnny Tommy although Jimmy has no speaking lines he is there throughout the movie and his name is only mentioned once by Bobby okay and what what costume does Mr. Miyagi make for this is number nine for Daniel to wear out of the school Halloween dance and the answer a shower. Mr. Miyagi creates a shower costume for Daniel because he wants to go to, to go to the school dance but doesn't want anyone to see him. The Invisible Man. Number 10. What was the name of the motel they stayed in? Who is they? How is Daniel and his mom? Uh, it's called the Canyon Portal. I, I, couldn't, I didn't know that. That's when you see Daniel and his mom push uh, first push the car out of the parking lot. When Daniel uh, bought school lunch for himself and Allie, how much was the total for both of them? $3.75. School lunch was a lot less expensive back in 1984. Number 12, what year did the movie come out? Of course, we know that already if you've been listening... 1984. According to Cobra Kai, this is number 13. According to Cobra Kai, what three things do not exist in their dojo? Pain, fear, defeat. Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sensei. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sensei. Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sensei. But lots of crazy people exist in this dojo, don't they? Yes, sensei, because pain, fear, and defeat are all part of being human. 
a sane human. Alright, number 14. Uh, who played Mr. Miyagi? Of course, we know that's Pat Morita. Noriyuki Pat Morita was the only cast member to appear in all four Karate Kid movies. Uh, number 15. What is Daniel's girlfriend Allie's last name? We know that's Mills. Allie Mills is a girl from the rich side of town. The fact that Daniel lives in Reseda, a lower-class area, does not impress Allie's parents. Oh, no. Hey, look, we can get uh, up to $350 off plus 30% off every guest at the Royal Caribbean. Oh, that's not unless it cruised. December 23rd through January 3rd. Hey. Thanks for letting me know. Okay. Uh, what was the name of the apartment complex they moved into? South Seas. You can see the name as they pull up to admit. Oh, I was confusing the earlier question about the hotel. Of course, though, it wasn't a hotel, it was an apartment. Okay. All right. Moving on. Number 17. What kind of car does Daniel's mom drive? Well, of course, it was a station wagon. It was an old station wagon that had to be push-started more than once. What is the correct name of the man who taught Daniel Karate? The answer is Kasuke Miyagi. Miyagi. The part of Kasuke Miyagi. Yeah, yeah. All right. Nineteen, uh, number nineteen. What birthday does Daniel celebrate during the movie? Well, it would be his eighteenth birthday. Mr. Miyagi bakes Daniel a cake, gives him the patch for his karate uniform, which is the gi, and he also gets to pick a car from all the ones that he washed and waxed. All right, number twenty. What was the name of the tournament that Daniel LaRusso won at the end of the movie? Answer is All Valley. The All Valley tournament was the setting for the endings of both the Karate Kid and Karate Kid 3. What color is the car that Daniel accepts as a birthday gift from Mr. Miyagi? Well, I thought it was blue, but it was, it was yellow. Daniel chose a yellow vintage car from Mr. Miyagi's collection as a gift for his birthday. Well, we're getting into the real fandom stuff here. What, number 22, what was their apartment number? It wasn't 22, it was 20. Number 23, what was the name of the place where Daniel saw Johnny kissing Allie? Sounds like a Christmas song. Uh, the answer to that is Encino Oaks Country Club. Daniel got mad and ran away. He ran over a man holding a platter of spaghetti and ended up wearing it. Well, right. Number 24, when Daniel and Allie go to the arcade, what does the sign outside State the name of the place is. Answer. Golf and stuff. It also had a huge water slide there. The bronze is the hangout. 
of all the Scoobies in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And P3 is Piper's Club on Charmed. What? I don't know why they have that information. Doesn't. Okay, that's weird. Anyway, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it all the same location, this golf and stuff? Okay, cool. Like filmed on location. Uh, when Ellie asks Daniel for his name, what does he say? Oh, this one's, this is some high-quality flirting here. He goes, Daniel with an L. Uh, they're on the soccer field at school, and Daniel asks Allie her name. She says Allie with an I. So when she asks Daniel for his name, he says Daniel with an L. My man getting that name and later those digits. All right, well, that was some fun trivia. We're, now, uh, I, I found an article from 1984 by Roger Ebert. Uh, it was Posted on January 1st, 1984. Well, it wasn't posted to the internet then, of course. It was written then. Uh, let's, let's get on to that. This is from rogerebert.com slash reviews slash the dash karate dash kid dash 1984. Okay. Along the top we have... Uh, it says great movies, collections, movie reviews, TV slash streaming... Interviews, Chaz's journal, and contributors. Just search search function in the top right. Uh, reviews, The Karate Kid. Wrist News Reviews. Four stars, Roger Ebert, January 1st, 1984. A picture of Daniel and Mr. Miyagi practicing kata. Uh, it's now streaming on Amazon, Apple, Fubu, Google Play, Vudu, Microsoft, YouTube, Sling, Redbox, Pip TV, uh, what's this? Uh, AMC On Demand, Subs. Yeah, here's the article. It says, I didn't want to see this movie. I took one look at the title. And figured it was either A, a sequel to Toenails of Vengeance, or B, an adventure pitting Ricky Schroeder against the Megaloth Man. I was completely wrong. The Karate Kid was one of the nicest surprises of 1984. An exciting, sweet-tempered, heartwarming story with one of the most interesting friendships in a long time. The friends come from different worlds. A kid named Daniel is a New Jersey teenager who moves with his mother to Los Angeles. An old guy named Miyagi is the Japanese janitor in their apartment building. When Daniel starts to date the formal, former girlfriend of the toughest kid in the senior class, the kid starts pounding on Daniel's head on a regular basis. Daniel tries to fight back. This is a Southern California kid, and so, of course, he has a black belt in karate. I guess they all did then? I don't know. 
uh, enter Mr. Miyagi, who seems to be a harmless old eccentric with a curious hobby. He tries to catch flies with chopsticks. It turns out Miyagi is a karate master, a student not only of karate fighting, but of the total philosophy of the martial arts. He agrees to take Daniel as his student. cell phone advertisement and some pop-up thingies going on. That sucks. Uh, and then begins the wonderful center section of the Karate Kid as the old man and the kid from Jersey become friends. Uh, Miyagi's system of karate instruction is offbeat, to say the least. He puts Daniel to work shining cars, painting fences, scrubbing the bottoms of pools. Scrubbing the bottoms of pools? I don't think that was actually in the movie. Daniel complains that he isn't learning karate. He's acting as a free laborer. But there's a system to Mr. Miyagi's training. Our karate Kid was directed by John G. Avildsen, who made Rocky. It ends with the same sort of climatic fight scene. Daniel faces his enemies in a championship karate tournament. But the heart of this movie isn't in the fight sequences, it's in the relationships, of course. And in addition to Daniel's friendship with Miyagi, there's also a sweet romantic liaison with Allie, who is your standard girl from the right side of town and has the usual snobbish parents. Macho is an unusual, interesting choice for Daniel. He's not the basic handsome Hollywood teenager, but a thin... Tall, intense kid with a way of seeming to talk to himself. His delivery always sounds natural, even offhand. He never seems to be reading a line. He's a good, sound, interesting lead, but the movie really belongs to Pat Morita, an actor who has been around for a long time. He was Arnold in Happy Days. Well, ever having a role anywhere near as good. Rita makes Miyagi into an example of applied serenity. In a couple of scenes where he has to face down a hostile karate coach, Miyagi's words are so carefully chosen, they don't give the other guy any excuse to get violent. Miyagi uses the language as carefully as his hands or arms to ward off blows and gain an advantage. It's refreshing to see a completely original character like this old man. The Karate Kid is a sleeper with a title that gives you the wrong idea. It's one of 1984's best movies. Of course, Roger Eber was the film critic of the Chicago Sun-Times from 1967 until uh, 2013. He won a, a the Vulture Prize for Distinguished distinguish Criticism. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I found a... Oh, that does it for this article. But I found a uh, an old um, interview with Pat that I thought was fun. And I'm, I put a little white noise to it. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Hopefully it's the exact opposite. It's meant to be droning and quite uh, quite boring, so...
I be talking at about this level with Pat Morita? Uh, yes. before, but I must say that until the Karate Kid, I had never been aware of your first name, Noriyuki. No one was aware of my first name uh, until the Karate Kid. I've, I've always been Pat Morita, except, except in high school. Um, all the kids I grew up with still called me the shortened version of it. Yeah, hi, Nori, what are you doing these days? <laughs> but Noriyuki was the name my parents gave me. And, um, the way this kind of came about, the name changed. The name. I, I had never considered a stage name or a pen name or anything like that. But um, prior to shooting the movie, Jerry Weintraub, our producer, and some of the production, we were sitting around talking about a lot of things. And like out of the blue, he says, well, it really would have been great if we could have got a Japanese actor for this Japanese part. I said, well, I got a Japanese name, you can use Anne. <laughs> Or you great, let's use it. <laughs> <laughs> Where did Pat come from? Pat came from a very early exposure in my childhood to uh, a priest who was um, the main guy for all the kids I grew up with. Not all, but a bunch of Oh, you guys get to go to confession and <laughs> do them deeds and <laughs> stuff, you know. And I just want to be part of the gang, you know. But um, um, their priest was a, an Irishman. And he said, sure, and if you're a Japanese, you should have a name like Patty after me on the face. So when I needed um, an American name, uh, that's the one I said. Because uh, there was a time right after the war when uh, a lot of the Japanese kids who only had Japanese like myself, my brother, who took America, made the transition to go back to school each year. Yeah. Pat, I know a little bit about your background. Uh, as a child, uh, you had quite a lot of illness when you were a child. And then, of course, during World War II, you were in uh, one of the... Um, um, well, what did they call them? Well, they call a lot of things. Detainment. Detainment, yes. <laughs> That's what I was searching for. Yes. Relocation centers. <laughs> so, uh... Move you out of the part of your life. Excuse me, you were on a roll and I interrupted you. No, okay. But, uh, the point I'm getting at is that, uh, your childhood was not full of happy things. And yet, then you grew well, I didn't know that. Well, I was just as happy and happy as I could be, in spite of my physical condition. You're referring to the fact that I spent nine years in the hospital, and I had spinal tuberculosis. And in those days, 
any kind in the 30s, you know, like anybody got tuberculosis and died through the medication. The remedy was uh, rest, uh, sunshine, fresh air, and three squares a day, and hope you it. <laughs> You know, and um, until the year before the war started, 1940, I, I uh, had an operation where they used spinal fusion and cleaning it up, and now they had the medicine. So, you, um... And I walked in the hospital every day. Really? Yeah, the road. I was 43 right now. So then, when you got out of the camp, uh, did you know then that you would end up being a stand-up comic? No, 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 no. I was just trying to get through life. Trying to adjust now to a real outside world. And you know, the thing that saved me in my head were my customers. They didn't treat me. For the first time, I, I, I was neither called Tripoot or Jeff. You know, they would just, hey, Mom, now my name is Tank, and then you know, we just kind of had fun. So the next, uh, my high school years were very happy. My uh, parents used to fool the way I went to high school, so they used to hang out a lot. Stay out and study just enough to So that, that was the beginning then, the genesis of your outgoing and your... Coming out of the show, yeah. And your comedic outlook on this. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. I started to crystallize, you know, funny points, I started to crystallize. You know, really In the Karate Kid, of course, you're not doing comedy. This is, um, you're a surrogate father, as it were. Yeah. And, uh, gee, you have some beautiful, sensitive, lovely scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, just yeah. super. Um, uh, but I'm curious as to how you got the part, since you don't have that image. I, I was probably last on the totem pole in terms of being considered for the part. Mostly because whenever my name came up from casting people and, and whatever, Jerry Weintraub, the, the producer, said, no, 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 I don't want to comment. It's not a comment. I want an actor. If I'm an actor, right? it must be an all-of-American kid. So the cattle call went out and um, John Avildsen, um, when I first met him, he had a, 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 a nice, nice uh, a blue Danish eye and a nice half a blonde head and everything else was one. And then this side was a camera, just like that. And he goes, hi, Pat, how are you? And I said, I'm going to sit down and tell me to read the script. And we got this thing wired to a battery pack and <laughs> trying to get comfortable, you know, for the reason. And so I do an audition that he takes. And several days later, he and Jerry Weintraub are in conversation, talking about wardrobe and transfer, all the problems that they came up And suddenly, John does one of his, his assistant turns on the monitor, and he plugs the monitor into my audition tape. And now, um, Jerry looks at it, and he says, Hey, this me, Andy? Who is that? That's, that's, you know, we don't need to look anymore. Who is that? John says, that's the cat we need if you want to consider it for the world. <laughs> what a wonderful is story. Is that an incredible story? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he got very excited, and he and John, uh, and from that point on, he was, he was nothing but a total fan. 
level <laughs> to have that kind of fun. It's really great. Oh. So, uh, we, we, Columbia still had some doubts. So they had Ralph and I meet. They kind of looked at us on the plane and said, okay, look, you guys, uh, you can rehearse whatever, four or five days, and do a screen test. So Ralph and I worked, really worked, and we had to do the physical and, and, and find the characters and the relationships. And um, we do the uh, audition that weekend, I split for Northern California just to go visit cousins and just to get away. Monday morning at 8.30, and I do not know this day how Jerry Weintraub found me, but there's ding ling ling in my cousin's house. And I go, oh, so it's for you. <laughs> Jerry says, Pat, before your wife, your agent, the world, anybody, I want to be the first to congratulate you. That's fine. Wonderful. So, uh, Cinderella success story is still happening. <laughs> That's a wonderful story. Uh, now, I'm not into karate. I, I, I just don't no, no, know I'm anything not about it. But... Only what I learned. And I tried to forget it. Any talk about a sequel? Yeah, um, a little bit. 
Thank you. 